Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the CCGI podcast. Last week we interviewed Dr. Ayla Azad. We discussed the Ontario scope expansion and how to build a successful evidence-informed practice. This week we have the pleasure of interviewing Michael Heitschu, Director of Policy with the Canadian Chiropractic Association. Michael has been doing really interesting work with the CCA around the opioid crisis and we're excited to speak with him. Before we interview Michael, Kent and I would like to discuss the research regarding opioids and musculoskeletal pain. First off, I need to disclose that I've been working with the CCA on this project since early 2017, uh, and so I have a vested interest in this topic. Um, now, what we know is that Canada has the second highest rate of opioid prescription in the world. In a 2008 study, respondents revealed that back pain was the second most common health condition for those taking opioids. This is despite the fact that as of 2015, there was no research for chronic use of opioids that has lasted beyond four months. Yeah, so I think we all recognize that there's a pain management crisis in Canada, and we need to provide better access to non-pharmacological alternatives. Non-medicinal alternatives to MSK pain seem to be getting more recognition in both the literature and the public and mainstream media lately. The 2017 guidelines from the American College of Physicians was one that recommended that patients with low back pain be treated with non-pharmacological interventions first. That includes things like spinal manipulation or chiropractic adjustments, massage, acupuncture, superficial heat, and other therapies that you might find in a chiropractor's office. So let's get more information on this topic from Michael. Uh, Firstly, uh, Michael Heitschu is the chair of the Coalition for Safe and Effective Pain Management and the director of public affairs with the Canadian Chiropractic Association. Prior to joining the CCA, Michael was the director of policy for the Ontario Association of Naturopathic Doctors and the Association of Ontario Midwives. He is an urban planner by training and spent 12 years in policy development with the Ontario government before becoming involved in, in health sector advocacy. Michael completed his third Ironman in 2012 and is a passionate cook and traveler. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for joining us today, Michael. Um, I was hoping you could give our listeners a bit of background on your role with CCA. You do really important work for us, but I don't think there's enough of us who know about you and what you do. Well, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, my role at the CCA is to be leading the public affairs team. We're a small team of three people, and, and I think we're doing a lot of important work. The one role of the Canadian Chiropractic Association is to be the leading advocates for the musculoskeletal health of Canadians. And by approaching our advocacy work in this way, it provides a lot of opportunities to be changing the conversation so that the value of chiropractic care is better understood. Our focus as an organization is federal. And federal work includes uh, insurers and it, it includes interprofessional efforts. The priorities for what we work on are established by working with the CCA Board of Directors and also by listening to members to identify the strategic opportunities. We then get to work building the case for, uh, for these issues. And in some ways, there are parallels to building a compelling legal case. And this includes the importance of evidence to be supporting key points. Now, as I was thinking about today's conversation, I, I was thinking about an old saying where when the evidence is on your side, uh, it's important to pound the evidence. And otherwise, uh, you pound the table and yell like hell. And 
part of my role is to make sure the CCA is never in the position of having to pound the table. There's a number of issues we're working on. Um, certainly, we're always focused on um, better integration of, of chiropractic care into the healthcare team of Canadians, and also looking for new opportunities for our members. Um, some of the issues that I've been working on most recently include um, taxation issues, uh, uh, adequate uh, coverage under workplace benefits, uh, federal populations uh, where we have a direct role in advocating with the federal government. Uh, these are uh, populations like the military and, and veterans and of course most recently opioids. Um, as well as the National Association, uh, we put a lot of effort into supporting provinces in their advocacy efforts and, and this really speaks to the strength of the chiropractic family here in Canada, where um, uh, all of our members are first members of their respective uh, provincial associations. And so there's real clarity about who does what on behalf of the profession. Okay, that's great. Um, so, of course, with Galen and I being, being knowledge brokers and being involved with research, we're, we're curious, how, how is evidence... How does it inform your decision making regarding the roles of chiropractors as first line options for for MSK pain? Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I would say on that, um, uh, I'm really proud to be working on behalf of a profession with such a great community of researchers. In my role, I'm primarily a beneficiary of uh, of these research evidence, uh, these these research efforts. Um, uh, evidence is a foundation for advocacy work. And especially for chiropractic, where we're um, uh, still establishing our cultural authority, when I'm engaging on behalf of the profession, I can't assume trust or credibility as a given. So in any of our efforts with, with politicians, with government officials, with insurers, with other health stakeholders, there are spoken and unspoken questions about whether treatments delivered by chiropractors are effective and, of course, whether they're safe. And all of this depends on evidence being there, being reliable, and being on topic. As, as we increasingly involve chiropractors in, in interdisciplinary settings, it's, it's important for someone like me in my role as, as Director of Public Affairs to be able to explain the contribution of therapies offered by chiropractors and how these can be the right treatments at the right time. And, um, uh, and all of this is in support of building credibility and acceptance for, uh, for what chiropractors do. There's, uh, there's a strong case that, that chiropractic is as good as or better than other forms of conservative treatment. And, and, I think we can now say that it's it's clearly preferred to the current over-reliance on opioids and pain management. There are, there are also important questions related to the impact of the, of the, the burden of musculoskeletal conditions on, on the population as a whole and the, the population benefits for what chiropractors do. And, uh, and so certainly that's another area where I'm heavy rel heavily reliant on, uh, on the evidence that exists. And, and that in turn is why the CCA has been invested for years in helping to, to build a culture of evidence-informed practice and, 
and a strong research community through the kinds of strategic and financial support for a number of initiatives. Um, uh, certainly, um, I think Dr. Stuber and, and Connell, you're you're both aware of the um, uh, of the strong support of the CCA for the CCGI, and uh, as well the CCA and 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 many other chiropractic organizations have uh, have sponsored research chairs at, at eighteen universities uh, across the country, and. Um, our commitment to evidence-informed practice also includes uh, the the Canadian Chiropractic Research Foundation and the JCCA. At the same time, particularly as the opioid crisis has made clear that Canada needs a better approach to pain management, I'd certainly like to see stronger support from outside the chiropractic profession for building the evidence case for the kinds of therapies that chiropractors offer. Well, that's really helpful insights. I mean, I'm sure since you're entrenched in, in, in the research and using it uh, to that extent, you'd actually have some uh, unique perspectives on the gaps, um, the gaps in the research as well, uh, which would help inform researchers. I mean, but speaking on the, you know, the management of MSK pain, I mean, the CC has done a lot of work recently on addressing the opioid crisis and alternatives to pain management. Um, so I was hoping you could tell us a bit about the CCA's role uh, in the opioid crisis. Sure. Um, it's clear to all of us that we're facing a growing national crisis when it comes to opioids. There is, in the most recent year, an estimated 2,800 Canadians who, uh, who have uh, died from prescription opioids. And the number of new prescriptions being written uh, continues to grow. As, as you mentioned earlier, currently Canada is the second highest consumer of prescription opioids in the world. And this is all in a context where one in five Canadians suffer from chronic non-cancer pain, with back pain as the, the leading cause. As, as certainly the chiropractic profession knows better than, than just about anyone, pain is complex and can be difficult to manage. And I think this is why, beginning in the 1990s, uh, opioids quickly emerged as one of the main ways for managing chronic non-cancer pain in primary care settings. And this occurred despite limited evidence supporting their effectiveness or their safety. Many Canadians who developed dependency were taking opioids as directed. And in fact, many illicit opioid users were first introduced through legitimate prescription. The Current prescribing trends make it clear that despite growing evidence, too many still believe that opioids are the most effective way to treat acute and chronic pain. But if we look at why these opioids are being prescribed in primary care settings, it's clear that in many ways the opioid crisis is a back pain crisis. Uh, and I think it would be helpful to take a step back and look at how the CCA has become uh, a leading voice in efforts to address the opioid crisis. I arrived at the CCA about four years ago, and shortly after, we began to lay plans for a musculoskeletal strategy for chiropractors to be the leading advocates for the musculoskeletal health of Canadians. 
This included building an understanding of the burden of musculoskeletal pain and carving out space for chiropractors as the musculoskeletal experts in the healthcare system. After all, without understanding, without building a better understanding of the problem, it, it would be really difficult to be uh, talking about solutions. So in the fall of 2015, we welcomed a, a new government in Canada that showed, I, I think it's fair to say, a, a renewed interest in a federal role in healthcare. And the CCA was able to establish a, a, a positive working relationship. And, and this relationship really mattered in our, in our work. The CCA began raising concerns ab about the opioid crisis starting early in the spring of 2016. And, um, and these advocacy efforts included a, a strong focus um, uh, on Ottawa and um, um, working both with the government and with other health stakeholders. It, it would have been a far more difficult path to success if we hadn't invested up front in building a strong evidence case. And in this work, I do want to recognize the tremendous contribution of Dr. Francis LeBlanc, LeBlanc, who at the time was manager of government relations and is now the executive director of the New Brunswick Chiropractic Association. So in this work, our primary focus was not so much on the risks of opioids because others were making uh, that case. Instead, we work to assemble the best evidence about the central role of musculoskeletal pain in driving opioid prescribing, and also about the importance of prioritizing conservative care as an alternative. The CCA uh, developed a white paper, uh, which is titled A Better Approach to Pain Management. And I think it's fair to say that this white paper gave us credibility in, in raising awareness of the underlying causes of the crisis. Um, this white paper, for those who are interested, is available on the CCA website. So the crisis surrounding the over-reliance on opioid prescribing does reveal the dangers that are faced by those suffering in pain who are unable to access non-pharmacological pain management that lies outside the publicly funded system or may not have full awareness of, of the alternatives that are available to them. And so this, this allows us to look at the opioid crisis not only as a dependency and addiction crisis, but also as a pain management crisis. And and in, in, in undertaking this work, our consistent message is that by providing prompt access to clinical alternatives like chiropractic care, evidence suggests that we can reduce reliance on opioids and achieve better outcomes, including both pain and function. So as a result of these efforts, chiropractors are one of only five health professions chosen by the federal government to be part of the original federal opioid strategy when it was published in November. And as part of our role in the federal opioid strategy, our commitment has been to develop professional practice recommendations and related tools to provide prescribing professions with guidance on the appropriate triage and referral of patients with acute and chronic musculoskeletal related pain. And in undertaking this work, we structured the recommendations, keeping in mind how the patient would flow into the system and what role each party plays in, in their care. The 
recommendations that have been developed are meant to articulate the evidence-based best practices in the management of spinal disorders and, and some other forms of musculoskeletal pain. And um, in undertaking the development of, of these resources, uh, we established a national advisor committee that included both clinicians and researchers. And um, of course, in um, in looking back at this work, I'm also really appreciative of the role that that um, that you've played, Dr. Connell, in, in the development of these resources as as part of um, uh, uh, our team here at the CCA, and um, and certainly in the continuing efforts that are underway uh, for the dissemination of these resources. Our commitment as part of the federal government's opioid strategy is, is promoting a, a better approach to pain management at the practitioner level. But this left questions about the healthcare system as a whole, where, you know, as, as we talked about earlier, most non-pharmacological pain management is outside the publicly funded system. So we raised these questions when we met with officials from the Federal Ministry of Health in January. And it was clear uh, in those meetings that, that their immediate focus was on those most at risk from opioids. But they recognized that, that more needed to be done upstream to be reducing the number of new opioid users. You know, I would say that we maintain very strong relationships with other health professions. And as a result, the CCA was able to lead the formation of a new coalition of health professionals to evaluate the most common reasons for opioid prescribing in primary care settings and develop recommendations for health system changes that prioritize clinical alternatives uh, in order to reduce the number of new opioid users and through this to reduce the future extent of Canada's opioid crisis. And these efforts have certainly been aided by, aided by the release in May of the new national opioid prescribing guidelines. You know, I, I would say that it's, a, it's certainly a point of pride for the profession that the working group that developed the guideline was led by Dr. Jason Boosie from the National Pain Center at McMaster University. And um, the, uh, the working group's um, strongest recommendation is to optimize alternatives before prescribing opioids. And I, and I think that you know, we can see in hindsight that this is really important advice for prescribing professionals. So building on this, the, the Coalition for Safe and Effective Pain Management, um, which is, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I'm the chair of, uh, uh, was established to, to start to provide um, more ideas for how the recommendations that are in the new opioid guideline could actually be landed on the ground. And um, other members of the coalition are the National Associations for uh, Medical Pain Management, for Orthopedic Surgery, for Nursing, Physiotherapy, Psychology, Pharmacy, uh, and Occupational Therapy, as well as patient groups and um, a number of other health system experts. There's 12 organizations in total on the, the coalition. So this group brings together stakeholders who all have an important role in non-cancer pain management in primary care settings. And the coalition started its work in, in February and was um, added as a signatory of the federal opioid strategy in March. We're working towards presenting our, uh, our report in, uh, in November. We see all of this work as a key opportunity to be 
uh, working in collaboration with other stakeholders to be really changing the conversation about how we approach pain management in Canada. And I would say that as we've as we've taken this on, that that um, that a clear vision for the profession uh, by the CCA and the work that's gone on by by many many chiropractic researchers and others to be building an evidence based case um, that uh, that makes sense to others and offers solutions to the key problems uh, are all critical components both of of the the CCA's efforts to be engaging in the opioid issue and 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 the overall recognition of of what chiropractors have to offer as musculoskeletal experts and so I, I certainly say that it's a it's a privilege to be doing this work on behalf of the chiropractic profession. Wow, Michael, that's that's um, really really interesting to hear that that background. I think our listeners um, probably didn't know very much about um, this work, and and uh, it's again just one piece of of the work that you're doing at the CCA. So um, you know we're. You know, out of time now, but I really want to thank you for for taking the time to to speak with us. Uh, we're really excited to have you with us today, um, and uh, and for for the listeners, uh, we're, we're at the end of our, our podcast, and and as you know, at the end of the show, we we ask you for a favor. Um, at this point, we'd we'd love you to take a minute or two out of your day and add the CCGI on LinkedIn, um, and and, uh, and Kent will pass it off to you. Perfect. Thanks, Scalen. Um, yeah, Michael, thanks again for joining us, and thanks again to all of our listeners for tuning in. We look forward to bringing you our next guest in two weeks. Bye for now.